welcome to episode 20. I've wanted to record an episode around listener submissions for a while, and a bunch of you were so gracious as to send in your favorite camping recipes and funny food stories. So for today's episode, my ride or die and occasional co-host Ian is back to help me read everything you sent. Buckle up for stories of spite beans, fly bannock, incinerated potatoes, exploding ravioli, sponge poisoning, charred wieners, and a whole lot of poop. Plus recipes! I'm Megan Delaire, this is Catch Me Outside, and without further delay, let's get to it. And we're recording now. What's the hat for? <laughs> I'll tell you in a little bit. You have to answer a question for me first, okay? Fine. <laughs> okay, Ian. First of all, how are you doing? I'm fine. Yeah? That was a nice dinner we just had. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Taro bubble tea. Taro or taro? We were saying taro, but the guy was saying taro. Well, there's taro cards. Yeah, but there are other types. I think it's taro. We had taro bubble tea and noodles. Nudes. Nudes. Yeah, it was pretty delicious. We like food. We eat it every day. We, uh, we order it in. And when we leave the house and we go into the woods, we bring food. That's true. So, as you know, today we are going to read a bunch of uh, listener stories. Well, listener, guest, and friend stories about cooking mishaps in the back country or the front country. But before we do that, I think you had a story that you were saving for this that you were going to tell me. Ian, what what is your uh, food fail camping story? All right. I call this story Ian's passive aggressive beans. <laughs> uh, so years ago, I went hiking with uh, my ex-girlfriend and a couple of hippies and one of the hippies' boyfriends. And my ex-girlfriend was very like high maintenance with what she ate. Almost to the point where, like, you wondered if she was just kind of doing it to mess with people. Because there are people who do that. You can tell that ended really well, by the way. <laughs> yeah, where is she? Um, <laughs> so we were going camping, and it was like a canoe inside at Algonquin. And they were... My ex and her friends were, like, really into the food planning thing and it was just like oh we're we're gonna get gluten-free this and vegan that and dairy alternative that and it was all like very meticulous and specific and you know and i was just like i'm going camping like when i when i was a kid and i went camping we ate like egg sandwiches and hot dogs yeah. The things we still eat with my family <laughs> and your family. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's camping food. Yeah. And so I just kind of like didn't really participate in the whole planning process uh, as far as the food went, because I kind of just found it a bit nauseating because it was it was really intense. It was like days and days and days of discussion over the food. And for four people. Uh, yeah. OK. And at the last Five people, actually. Oh, five people. And then at the last minute, after, like, getting harangued by my ex for, like, what are you 
what are you going to bring? What are you going to eat? Like, na 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 And <laughs> at the very last minute, we hit like the food land in wherever. And I bought like four or five cans of beans and a bottle of, um, I think it was A1 barbecue sauce. <laughs> Bush's beans or? Uh, I think they were Heinz. Okay. They were, it was like pork and beans. And uh, yeah, every night I just like opened up the top of the can and used like the lid of the can as a handle and put it directly <laughs> on the flames and like dump barbecue sauce in it and just ate it out of the can. Spitefully. Spitefully. But like, I also really liked it. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> isn't that a lot of mush? Like, did you have toast or anything? Nah, just beans. Just beans? It was cowboy shit. <laughs> we were like cowboys. The, no bannock? I wish. I didn't know what bannock was then. Um, yeah, after like the third night of beans, it was it was getting pretty beany. Pretty beany? Were you sharing, how many people were you sharing a tent with? Uh, just just the one. Yeah. So is that what, why it was like a spite thing? Because you were able to like fart fart bomb her every night of the trip beans don't make me farty oh weird everything else does yeah um breathing yeah sleeping humor humor dates <laughs> dates make me farty what, what kind like going on a date really yeah it's the nerves yeah so how did that end for you is that when you got is that why you broke up or <laughs> <laughs> It was anyone left on the island afterward? Were you the only person <laughs> eating beans the whole time? No. So the other the other guy who came uh, was also in on this this bean thing. We would we, we were both doing it together. Did you have like different flavors at least? Could you do like a bean exchange? <laughs> no, I think it was all the same. <laughs> like I think part of the point of it was that we got our food shopping done in like less than five minutes. Right. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I found out after the fact that like cans of beans are lined with epoxy and stuff. So it's probably really bad for you to cook them over a flame like that in the can. (laughs) Well, no harm done in the short term. Yeah. Except all that epoxy that's in me. Mm, (laughs) So it's keeping you together. Yeah. (laughs) helping you heal from all those wipeouts well that's uh that's a that's a good story i'm surprised you still like beans i i would have been pretty sick of them by then especially with nothing crunchy to eat them on how could you not like beans i like beans it's just a lot eating only beans for for an entire camping trip this is more for the folks at home okay i mean we're also the folks at home but yeah for the other folks at home uh no one dislikes beans I've never met anybody who doesn't like beans. Uh, some kind of bean. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you. I feel the same way. Vegetarians like beans. Barbecue people like beans. Yep. Everyone. Everyone. Thank you for sharing your story. I also have a funny camping food story. Uh, I, I guess I should have one if I'm expecting a bunch of people to send them in. Uh, pretty Pretty standard, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. It's funny in retrospect, but it wasn't it wasn't funny at the time. It was infuriating. It was fucking infuriating. So I went camping in Gatineau Park, just car camping, front country camping in university with some college friends 
that I knew and some of their friends that I didn't know. It was a big group of us. So we drove to Gatineau Park in Quebec from Ottawa, and uh, we got there late in the evening. It was raining. It was a whole. It was a whole mission. We got there. We pitched our tents in the rain. We didn't start, you know, thinking about eating until it was like well after dark. We had a fire going and everything. And this guy, this person, decided that he was going to have some ravioli for dinner, which is fine, whatever. But he just stuck the can in the fire and didn't didn't put a hole in it or anything like that. Just stuck the whole sealed can of Chef Boyardee in the coals of the fire. And nobody noticed until it fucking exploded, mostly on me. And I was covered in little little tiny curls of tin of burning hot tin and like boiling hot ravioli and I had all these little tiny red burns all over me the next day it was it was really bad I was so angry I still I still don't like this person I only saw him like once after that but um he'll never recover from that so but in retrospect it's really funny Was his name Ted Kaczynski by any chance? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was. Uh, yeah, I would have almost, I don't know. It would have been f- even funnier if it was Ted Kaczynski. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my thing. If you're putting a can in a, if you're heating up a can in the fire, you know this. Which you shouldn't do because it has epoxy lining it. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> Ian knows this because he's, he's heated his fair share of cans in the fire uh, make a hole, make a hole in the can because mm. as the contents of the can, including the epoxy, heat up, uh, there's there's going to be pressure building. It's a it's a pressure cooker. It's it's steamy. Things expand when they get hot, and then they fucking explode all over. I could I I don't know how I wasn't blinded. So yeah, that's my story. And then I don't know if you want one more. I thought of I thought of one in the washroom right before we recorded i got i got one that kind of counts i wasn't camping but i was like sort of traveling okay okay tell me um so i went uh, i was i was living at in uh vancouver one summer when i was a a youngin i was 20 and i had no money at all like no money and i went over to victoria one day and i think like you know public transit made my way over got onto the ferry going across and everything on the ferry was like a pretty normal price all the food was a pretty normal price but I was fucking broke as a joke and I was looking at these prices and I was like that's so much money I'm not (laughs) doing this this is and like I went into the cafeteria and I I just took whatever I could get for free so I took like one mitt full of ketchup packets and another mitt full of premium plus soda crackers and then I went and I sat down no. at a table and I made little ketchup sandwiches out of the crackers and I had ketchup on crackers for lunch <laughs> oh Ian I was 20 it was perfect that's all I needed I mean we were stealing toilet paper from the library washroom when I was 20 uh, but we were eating food <laughs> Aw, did you get scurvy? 
No. Uh, I, I, you know what I did a lot? I ate a lot of peanut butter in those days, even yeah. more than now. Wow. And Peanut butter on soda crackers is clutch. Yeah, peanut, peanut butter in, in extreme makes me very farty. Really? I did learn that, yeah. Yeah, you eat a lot of peanut butter. Eat, yeah, well, yeah. What's the hat for? <laughs> okay. What is the hat for? What's the hat for? Wow, you're dying to know what the hat's for. You keep asking me what the hat's for. What is the hat for? The hat is for. What is the hat for? What is the hat for? My foot's asleep. All right, so this hat. So we're there's a hat. There's a hat between us on the table. Not just any hat. It's your hat. My hat. Yeah, well, I tried <laughs> to use my hat, and it had too many secret folds and pockets, and I was afraid somebody's story would get stuck. So your hat was much more appropriate. So Ian's hat is on the table, and within Ian's hat are... Stories? Stories, yes. Ten stories from... Did the audio do something weird there? Okay. My foot's asleep, so I'm wiggling it around a little. I heard some some kind of rattle, but it doesn't matter. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, yes. Within this hat, printed on paper and folded up, are ten stories and recipes submitted by... Listeners and um, I think a former guest or two, or maybe just listeners, listeners and friends, um, backcountry cooking stories or backcountry food stories and fails and stuff like that, and a couple recipes. And then I also, for good measure, uh, found a couple funny backcountry f- or food fail, camping food fail stories from Reddit. So we've got, yeah, 12. 12, 12 or so stories in here. I think someone submitted two recipes or something like that. So we're going to take turns reaching into the hat and pulling out a story. And and we're just going to read them. Who goes first? Rock, paper, scissors. Best out of one. Okay. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors. Shit. Rock, paper, scissors. All right. You go first. Well, I won. Doesn't that mean I get to choose? Oh, I guess. Sure. You go first. I go first? Okay. Here we go. Ah. I'm going to reach into the hat. For the people at home, there really is a hat here. (laughs) Full of papers. And I've got one. All right. I'm going to open it up. Oh, it's a recipe from Elliot. All right. Uh... All right, here we go. This is Elliot's recipe. Are love you ready? Elliot. Elliot's so great. We love you, Elliot. All right, here it goes. So this one isn't really a story, but I figured I'd throw it out, uh, out there. An essential that I bring every time I camp now is bannock bread. All it is is flour, baking powder, and salt in a container and some oil or butter in another. Mix it up. Mix it all up with some water to make a dough that you can roll out, wrap around a stick, and cook over the fire. When it's cooked, you can pull it off with your stick and fill it with peanut butter, jam, Nutella, or whatever you like. Another way I like to dress it up is sprinkling the dough with cinnamon sugar while it's cooking. Super easy, lightweight, delicious, and fun. I've never taken Bannock camping. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. All the all the hunters in Fort Chip take it. It's like... Yeah. 
they just they, like it's all they take. Like if and you going, make it right there, like on the fire. Or they'll make it before they leave and, and just wrap it up. Wow. And like I met guys who claimed that they live off of it in the bush for like a week. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it sounds really yummy. I still haven't had it. Um, but uh, there's a little bit more. So Elliot said. A friend showed me this 10 years ago, and it's been part of nearly every trip I've been on since, no matter, oh, okay, every trip I've been on since, no matter how long or hard the trip is. One of my favorite things about camping is going with different groups and people and seeing the food they eat or the gadgets they bring and incorporating that into my own trips. We kind of become these amalgamations of all the people we've met and experiences we share. I guess that can be said about anything, but it makes me feel like part of something bigger than myself or just a community or something. And I think that's pretty swell. And then in brackets, he says, is saying it's a beautiful thing too cheesy? Either way, it's something people can always use a little more of. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, the recipe for, for this bannock bread is in the show notes. Very good. So that's Elliot's email about bannock bread. Every Canadian should know how to make bannock. Yeah? Yeah. Why don't we ever make it? Because I don't know how to make it. <laughs> but I know it's really easy. I know it's really easy. And fresh bannock is goddamn delicious. Yeah, I can't believe I've never had it, let alone made it. Um, well, we can follow the recipe that Elliot has provided so kindly for us. And actually, he sent a photo. I'll include this uh, with the show notes. But Elliot sent a photo of his bannock. One second. I'm going to show it to you, Ian. Oh, I want that. Doesn't that look good? What's the white on it? It's like, is that, oh, that's just the bread. Yeah, I think it's just the bread. Yeah. There's, oh, yeah. yeah, there's one. It looks like he just wrapped it around a stick or something and then pulled it off the stick. And then there it is with jam in it. So, yeah, that's Elliot's Bannock recipe, and uh, I will include the link. Well, not Elliot's. I mean, it's an, it's an ancient recipe that's been in uh, this part of the world for a very long time. But Elliot sent that in, and thank you, Elliot, and thank you for the photos. And, yeah, that was great. Do I have time to make another story, to, set, to tell another story? Sure. Okay. So the, the Bannock thing got me thinking of this this is probably the, a, a funnier one than before. Okay. So I went, uh, when I was in Fort Chippewan, I, I went along with these hunters on the Athabasca River, and it was a long journey. We were going to from Fort Chippewan to Fort Mackay, which um, at our speed was going to take days, and uh, we were just camping along the river. So one day they saw a couple ducks, and... They, without hesitation, busted out the the shotgun and shot them and grabbed them, wrung their necks, um, prepared them, put them put them in a pot with whatever they had around the boat. Like there was like some noodles and I don't know, it was pretty basic. And uh, yeah, we made this this big pot of duck soup, which was actually really bad. But, oh, no. <laughs> they're yeah. pretty gamey. I can imagine if they're not prepared in a really yummy way, it might be a bit much. It was it was literally just like duck in water with noodles, pretty much. Um, but 
so it is crunching. Yeah. He chooses now to lay on the crunchy bag. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I remember this story of like a couple ducks, like one of them got killed and the other one was sort of grieving it. And somebody told me that ducks mated for life and it's like a really sad thing. And so we're eating the duck soup and I'm like, did you guys know ducks mate for life? And they just looked at me and the one guy said, what the fuck's that supposed to mean? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. What do you think he thought you were trying to say? I don't know. I think like, you know, Southerner coming up to a northern indigenous community and like seeing hunting and being squeamish being about, it, about or it or whatever making, yeah making them feel guilty for yeah and it's like they don't got time for that shit like yeah they've been living off of the land for thousands of years like it's it's their it's their identity it's their culture it's their spirituality and like and then ian comes from the city and i'm just like kind of sad about the duck soup <laughs> <laughs> did you know yeah. That's funny. All right. Now it's your turn. Right. You have to draw from the hat. Can you pass me the hat, please? I can. There you go. Ooh, a little ASMR. I'm unfolding the paper. <laughs> I'm, I'm unfolding the paper now. Okay, okay. <laughs> says Preston in big letters. <laughs> in in marker, in permanent marker. All right, so that means... Oh, it's the audio. Yeah, so we're audio at an show. audio portion of the audio show. <laughs> I guess it's the whole thing is an audio <laughs> portion. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, so uh, since it's on your laptop, if you could please cue up Preston's story. It's ready. Okay, great. Go on and hit play. If I can think of one story when front country camping regarding cooking your food, I think of um, when I was an outdoor educator for the Houston Independent School District. Um, We had this outdoor school that was about an hour and a half outside of Houston, and um, the kids would come for, you know, a week at a time to, like, experience the outdoors, and a lot of them were like inner city kids that had never really, you know, experienced that before. Um, and we had a cookout one night, you know, normally we would be eating in the cafeteria, but we had this cookout and I was in charge of roasting all the hot dogs. And for whatever reason, I, I just messed up that day and burned all of them like crisp to like black. I completely messed all of them up. But um <laughs> Like all the kids, like somehow loved them, and they were like, "Oh, like Mr. P, your, you know, your burnt hot dogs were the best. It's your secret recipe." And then I just had to come clean later that they were like, you know, not supposed to be completely burnt, but I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> live and learn sometimes. <laughs> Classic hot, Preston. Hot dog. So that was that was from our friend Preston, who used to work uh, for years in in I don't know outdoor education, like parks and stuff. Like I don't know, taking inner city kids to the woods to eat burnt hot dogs. So yeah, 
Thank you, Preston. Thank you for your story. Thank you for your service. Now I am pulling out a piece of paper. You okay. got to unfold it in front of the mic. I, I will. Oh, it's another audio component to the audio show. This one's from Honoré. 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 Thank you. Honoré's story is, uh, hopefully it's in order there. It's in a couple clips. Yeah, it's it's in order. Okay. It's, let's listen to it. Let's do it. Hey, hey, Megan. How are you doing? Good to be on the podcast. I'm a big fan of your podcast, big fan of you, and even bigger fan of the outdoors. I love camping. I love getting in touch with nature, hikes, portaging, all that. All the things. I love it. All things nature. I love. So uh, I'm just excited to be here. Excited to be featured on this podcast. So thank you, first and foremost. And now I can tell you about my funny, fun story of camping when I was a young adult. Uh, 18 years young. Oof, that takes me back. Dang, that was a couple years back now. And I was in high school. I was in high school still at 18. And we had this amazing, fun program called Environmental Studies Program, ESP for short, in high school. And basically, it was just the studies of fun environments and camping traveling, hiking, portaging as well was in there. So you just got a sense of everything to do with camping out in uh, types of conditions that you'll find um, throughout the the regions uh, in Ontario. Pretty friggin' fun. And so uh, my classmates and I, we went on this fun 13-day trip uh, in East Northern Ontario on a lake called Lake Tamagami. It was so lit, so dope. Uh, got all my friends, my buddies with me, classmates, and we're just like really in the thick of it, in the thick of nature. Portaging, like I said, I freaking love portaging. I could do it all day, light work. And so just one of the the times we went um, portaging, we ended up in a, a little spot, an island, and we were making food for the for the night i think we were making dessert actually a dessert called bannock i don't know if you're familiar it's like a really dope way to make something quick and easy when you're camping and it's got a native heritage to it it's basically just this um this doughy delicious sweet amazing uh pastry-esque thing you got wheat whole wheat flour baking powder uh, powdered milk you can use, sugar, sugar <laughs> butter, uh, and water, and done. Mix it all together, deliciousness. And so I was in charge of making all the bannock for everybody, and uh, I was doing a good job. However, I'll tell you the rest of the story after this. One thing you got to know about northeastern Ontario, the horse flies are tenacious, they're catching bodies. They're like, uh, it's a, it's pretty crazy out there. Like you can get eaten alive in the literal sense, relentless, brutal. So anyway, I was, I was like, di- dip, diving, and dodging 
trying to make my uh, bannock, but these horseflies are just coming at me, bobbing, weaving, trying to like hit some at least. And then there was this one, and it flew on my knee, and I was like, "Oh, you mother effer! I'm trying to make this delicious bannock for my client, for my classmates, and you're getting all up in my face." So I smacked it, and I smacked it so hard that it the disappeared. It uh combusted maybe i don't know i just hit it uh, i looked at the results of the smackage and it was just gone so i was like uh okay cool i guess i hit it really hard it just uh vanished that's maybe sure why not uh i'm just trying to make this panic so i quickly finished up my panic and then it was ready to serve to my classmates i was so happy and accomplished uh, felt accomplished, definitely. Like, I was going through it. Those horseflies, let me tell you. Anyway, everyone's having fun. So with with Bannock, you, we kind of form it into these nice bite-sized balls for people to have and enjoy. And so I was serving it out to my classmates, and we were all eating it, enjoying it. So delicious. I make the best Bannock. Um, no competition. So it's it's cool. Like, I'm satisfied. I love seeing people enjoy my cooking. Who doesn't, right? And then one of my classmates is like, yo, what the hell? There's a freaking horsefly right in the middle of my bannock. And then they showed me, they showed everyone, and there was just this horsefly splattered right dead center in the middle. It was like I put it there intentionally. And uh, it was just so funny. We all burst out laughing just because the positioning, it was... It was like a delicacy. Like I made it look as if it was a delicacy with that horsefly splatted in the middle and its face just like looking out at you. Oh, good times. Well, um, nobody actually ate it. So uh, that's good. Uh, it could have been extra protein for the rest of the portages. I mean, that's essential. But anyway, it was hilarious. So freaking funny. Maybe I'll make bug bannock um, and sell it at the, the markets here in Toronto. Who knows? Would you buy my bug bannock? Let me know. <laughs> All right. See you later. Bug bannock. <laughs> Again with the bannock, but but this time with, with a bug in it. Just like smacked out of existence. Don't panic. There's bannock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh thank you for that honor. That was that was really funny. I was laughing reading it earlier or listening to it earlier. I, I wanted to listen to it before I uh I don't know. I just wanted to I want to listen to all of the the audio stories before I put them in and uh was at my desk laughing. So thank you for sending that. You should um did you already uh, put the Black Fly song on the show at some point, didn't you? Yeah. That's a good one. Well, I didn't put it on the show. I posted it on Instagram or, because I don't yeah. think I have, I, I don't have like the license to play the audio. Right. Um, but I can put it on the show again with this. And I should show it. I think, I think Honor has seen it. Pretty sure he, he might've commented or something. Yeah. Just throw the YouTube link in there or something. People yeah, can. I will. Yeah. Cause it does remind me of the Black Fly song. Those things are freaking everywhere. I've encountered like the little ones and also big horse flies. Yeah. And I guess the, the black flies are the tiny ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're fuckers. They're like bug suit proof. 
They will get into your bug suit and bite you from inside so you can't escape. It's true. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. All right. It's your turn to draw a thing from the hat. Yeah. <clears throat> Is it going to be an audio audio or uh, or an analog audio? Oh, it's reading. It's going to be a reading audio. Ooh. All right. Who's this from? This is from Reddit user Godius Maximus. <laughs> yeah. From a thread about camping fails. <laughs> All right. Buckle oh, up. All right. Let's go. T.S. Maximus. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, I have no prior knowledge of these stories. So we're, we're experiencing this together. Yeah. I, I have knowledge of the stories, but Ian doesn't. So... Okay, <clears throat> from Godius Maximus. Back in the mid-80s, my wife and I were newlyweds. We spent our eight-week honeymoon camping in the Rockies. Being a teacher rocks in the summer. So anyway, uh, long about February, we... Long about? Must be a regional thing. Oh, long about. I like that. Long about February. Long about February, we bought ourselves a well-used fiberglass camper. <coughs> we can kind of make fun of these because they're not from friends and, and listeners. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Godius Maximus is never going to hear this. Exactly. Also, anybody who calls themselves Godius Maximus <laughs> is not taking themselves that seriously. Exactly. A well-used fiberglass... Oh, you can't do that. <laughs> it was a 1973 <laughs> love bug, fiberglass camper love bug, similar to a scamp. This thing sounds cool. I don't know. I'm going to look this up later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the minor repairs it required and scrubbed it very thoroughly inside and out. We took it out on its first trip in mid-April. The campsite was great. And the camp chef that I was, I brought along a pair of nice New York strips and some potatoes to bake on the fire. When it came time to actually put the potatoes in the fire, I realized that we had no vegetable brush to scrub the skin with. So I grabbed my oh-so-handy scrubby sponge that was sitting there in the camper. That same sponge we had scrubbed the whole inside of the trailer with using industrial detergent. We woke up very suddenly at 2.30 a.m. when we both knew what was about to go down. I jumped and ran, not kidding, to the bathroom in the dark. I don't normally mind pit toilets, but I was very glad I didn't have to use one that night as my intestines made themselves very empty over the next hour or so. We still laugh about it pretty much every camping trip. There's nothing like the like the the feeling of like getting sick, having your body get rid of everything that's inside of it, and Just then total purge. looking at the like squished up, crinkled up toothpaste tube on the side of your sink and being like, "Yeah, I get it." <laughs> the the one with the with the clip on it or going through the rolly thing that squeezes out all the toothpaste. Oh, it's beyond it's, like, it's beyond clips. It's, it's like you're folding it into the yeah. underside of the spout and like jamming your thumb up there. Yeah. Yeah. Like practically spraining a digit trying to get one more half pea sized yeah. nodule of toothpaste. 
I yeah, I can relate to that. Uh, not recently, but I've I've been there. Or mm. like if you like vacuum all the air out of a vacuum seal bag or something, and it's just just empty. Nothing like a little self poisoning, accidental self poisoning in the backcountry. I didn't actually I read I didn't actually read all of that story when I grabbed it. I guess I should have, but when I first read it, I thought he was saying that they gave themselves poisoning because they used the same sponge that they scrubbed the toilet with. But now I realize it's because of the industrial cleaning soap. Well, yeah, it could be it could be the industrial cleaning soap or it could just be like bacteria on the sponge. It's that true. They clean the whole trailer with it. I would, I would, I would, I don't think there'd be enough, uh, soap on the sponge. Like, no, it's, pro- it's food poisoning. I think it's food poisoning. It's yeah. food poisoning. A little Although bit of E. coli. Soap is a laxative. Fun fact. Really? Yeah. How'd you learn that? My mom told me that. Really? When I didn't rinse the dishes well enough. She's like, soap's a laxative. <laughs> Lisa knows everything. Yeah. So if she says soap is a laxative. Then it is. Then it definitely is, even Proved if it's me wrong. not. Change yeah. my mind. Change my mind. Well, Godius Maximus, I hope you're okay. Uh, even though you'll never hear this, because I just went on Reddit and took your story from there. Okay, here we go. Here we go. There's a couple short ones in here. Oh, here. Megan is unfolding the paper. Okay, this one is from Julia. And it goes like this. My first summer after high school, I went camping with a few friends. I guess none of us realized that we couldn't leave our food or cooking equipment out. In retrospect, I'm not sure how we could have been so naive. We were all sleeping and woke up to huffing and grunting outside of our tent. My friend and I were shaking so bad that the air mattress and tent were vibrating. We didn't figure out if it was a bear or not, but we learned not to keep any food, cooking equipment, or garbage outside. Everything food-related gets put in the car now. That's that. Short and sweet. Good lesson. I'm glad you didn't get eaten by that bear, Julia. And uh, that you still had some food to eat. Maybe the the twist is that she did get eaten by the bear. And that her ghost sent us that. Or the bear sent it because the bear is collecting her trillion benefits or some something like that. I don't know, Julia, if you receive Trillium benefits. I just, it's just the first benefit I thought of that someone who's not a senior or, like, receiving a pension would get. But maybe the bear's pretending to be Julia. You know, that's a loophole that they need to close. Bear fraud? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Those bears are getting more... Those bear fraudsters are getting more sophisticated every day. It's Big Bear. They're pulling the strings in Ottawa. (laughs) (laughs) Pick your story out of that. Okay, I think I'll pick this story out of his story-holding basket. Another Reddit user. Oh, nice. A Reddit user, Absolutely Pink. Oh. From a thread about camping fails. I guess I don't need to read that it's a thread about camping fails. We already mm. covered that. No, whatever. Just in case anybody missed it the first two times, it's from a thread about camping Just fails. Just so you, so you don't think it's a thread about like home improvement or um, ghostly sightings or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Huge group of people. 
I planned the meals and cooked most of them. Fire restrictions were cooking on the Coleman dual fuel. Dinner one night planned to be spaghetti. Big pot of water for a large amount of pasta. I, I appreciate absolutely Pink's uh, like elimination of... Unnecessary verbiage. Yeah, like it's just... <laughs> spaghetti. Yeah. Stove. It's cooking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no berry in the lead here. Like we're just, we're in it. We're in it. Okay. They speak in absolutes. Absolutely <laughs> pink. Spaghetti is absolutely boiling. <laughs> <laughs> Big pot of water for a large amount of pasta will not boil. <laughs> okay. I can do this. Let's fill a couple small pots. Water will not <laughs> boil. What the fuck? Someone decides to just dump in the pasta and it turns to mush. Spaghetti sauce and mush. It was awful. Turns out that this, that the altitude killed us. So I bought a Camp Chef 3 burner, 90,000 BTU of pure power and adjustable air intakes for altitude cooking. (laughs) Next one was cooking as well, but not my fault. Big group again. Oh, so this is a second story? Next one, I was cooking as well. Okay. Okay, okay. So absolutely Pink got a little carried away with cutting the... Okay, okay. Allegedly Wait, unnecessary words. Do you think they're called absolutely pink because the meal came out like just like absolutely pink mush? Just like <laughs> mushy pasta and tomato sauce? Just I like fucking hope mush. so. Okay, next one, I was cooking as well, but not my fault. Big group again. Friend decides to make a big pot of stew on the fire, forgets to put in half the ingredients, including the meat, tosses <laughs> potatoes in the coals, remembers meat halfway through. We ate the toughest meat, soupy. I'm not sure what it was, <laughs> but not stew and no potatoes because they were incinerated in the fire. <laughs> the way you read that. Also, did they say meat soupy? Soupy, uh, soupy was uh, all on its own. Okay. Book ended by commas. Meat. Tough as meat. Soupy. Soupy. <laughs> <laughs> we ate the toughest meat. Soupy. I'm not sure what it was. <laughs> but not stew and no potatoes because they were incinerated in the fire. I'm going to... You know what? That that part at the end, we ate the toughest meat soupy. Not sure what it was, but potatoes were incinerated. I feel like I want to leave that as a review on like something like a... Well, like a restaurant I don't like or, or yeah. maybe like a, a local... Like a community center swimming pool mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, we could, we could leave it on the page of that fried chicken chain that <laughs> invaded our neighborhood. We could do that. With no context, just we ate the toughest meat, soupy. Potatoes were incinerated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't use the word we, though. It would just be ate the toughest meat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Potatoes were incinerated from being in the fire. <laughs> I want that as my epitaph. Generic fried chicken chain replied, We are sorry about your negative experience. We do not have a fire. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, This is another recipe from Elliot, from our friend Elliot. Uh, Elliot says, 
My partner is very much a city person, but always open to new experiences. I've been port. I almost forgot how to say portaging. Portaging? I've been portaging my whole life and thought it would be a fun thing to try and share with her. The best way I could convince slash trick her out of her comfort zone was to bait her with her love language. And then in brackets it says food. So the first meal we had together after a long day of paddling and portaging (coughs) was a Korean camping stew similar to kimchi jjigae. The recipe throws uh, kimchi, onion, potato, garlic, gochujang. That's the paste. That's the chili paste, I think, with the garlic. Mm. Uh, Green chilies and water, all of which can be prepped before the trip into a pot and lets it cook together before eating with rice. It's incredibly delicious and hearty after a long day and can be dressed up however you like. Traditionally, the recipe would call for a can of sari or mackerel, but you can use any canned fish, tof- uh, tofu, spam, etc. We opted for shrimp and added some corn cobs from another meal we prepped. It was a really fun way to combine and enhance two of our passions together. Uh, oh yeah, and the recipe is also going to be uh, added to the show notes. Thank you, Elliot. That is a great recipe. Alex. Alex. All right, so you you pulled, I think you pulled... Oh, no, you pulled the Preston one. All right, so we got one more audio audio. All right. Hey, Meg, it's Alex. Let me give us another go. Um, I just thought of another story that is food-related, but not necessarily about food, but maybe it'll work. Um, I was thinking about the one I I might have also told you this one, too, but I was working um, doing outdoor education um, and we took these, I think they're 12 or 13 year olds, um, uh, boys camp backpacking, um, through outward bound. And we thought for sure we were going to have to really like convince them that to use go number two in the woods because, um, you know, they're never done backpacking. And so that was kind of a, a new thing for them. Um, but they were, you know, needing to go the next day they were borrowing the trowels and you know going out and doing their business without any um real you know motivation and only later did we find out it was because after dinner and each meal they were uh using body wipes to wipe down their dishes so they were eating soap and so moral of the story don't uh when you're cleaning up afterwards don't use body wipes what? <laughs> oh, they whoa, because you said it's a laxative. Yeah, soap's a laxative. Oh, my God. That came around so full circle. I actually didn't listen to that story. I just trusted that Alex wouldn't give us something dumb or whatever or problematic. So I didn't listen to that one before we listened to it just now. So, so wait. So the kids were using the soap wipes. Body wipes. The body wipes to wipe their dishes, and then they were eating off the dishes, and then the bo- and then the soap was making them poop. I think so. <laughs> I think that's what was happening. Wow! All it's it's all of the like poop laxative bannock party today. I didn't realize there were so uh, so few. Th- like not fuzzy, but like so many like common things that would come up so often. 
All right. This is from Jordan. Jordan says, I don't really have anything funny, but on a recent canoe camping trip in Algonquin with my girlfriend and two other friends, there was a big log (laughs) (laughs) sticking out of the bay in the middle of the water in Lake Opiongo. No matter when we fished there, we would always catch three to five pound bass nearly every cast. Uh, We kept and ate five of them. They were good. We called it the lucky log. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) That's so wholesome. Yeah, it's adorable. (laughs) Lucky log. Yeah. I want a lucky log. Me too. Here, maybe. I can make you a lucky log tomorrow morning if you like. Uh, I'm good. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, this is a novella. Oh, you got a long one. Okay. Nice. This is from Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. You, Jessica. <coughs> Not sure if this is too much on the poopy side. Jessica. Never. Jessica. Come on. Jessica. <laughs> Jessica. How could it ever be too much on the poopy side? It's never too much on the poopy side. Yeah. We, we just talked about lucky logs and all those things. Yeah. We're all about poop. Also, all poo-poo times are pee-pee times, but not all pee-pee times are poo-poo times. That's true. The queen said that. Yeah, she did. Yeah. All right. Not sure if this is too much on the poopy side, but here is why I do not eat beans on trail ever (gasps) anymore. Oh, my God. It's like she was listening when you said the thing about the beans and sent the story in. We're all connected. This is crazy. Why is everything connecting back to each other on this episode? It's a conspiracy conspiracy led by big bear (laughs) okay so uh only a couple of weeks into my pct through hike i was already sick of the food i was eating and was looking for a bit more variety it was the very beginning it was the very beginnings of the 2020 pandemic and the grocery stores were bare of most non-perishable foods so it wasn't the time to be picky about what we were buying I thought I was being smart when I bought some beans and lentils, knowing full well I would have to pre-soak them for the day, uh, for the day before. Uh, knowing full well I would have to pre-soak them for the day before cooking them for dinner. Uh, after hours of post uh, post hoiling. Oh, post holing. That's oh, a hiking thing. Holing, post holing. Post hoiling. Post hoiling. <laughs> Post hoiling. Post hoiling. Uh, it's, it's when you're walking on top of snow and your feet keep punching through and you, you mm. look up to your knees. Gotcha. All right. After hours of post holing in the snow, we hiked until sunset to get below the snow line and settled into our tents, absolutely wrecked from the day. My beans had been soaking for nearly 10 hours, and I boiled them for quite a while before adding them to my mashed potatoes to make sure they were fully cooked. Well, I guess they weren't as fully cooked as I thought. I woke up in the middle of the night in desperate need for the bathroom. Without putting on shoes, I ran out of my tent, clenching while trying to dig a decent cat hole in the pitch black. Oh, no. I don't think I have to describe exactly what happened there, but it continued all night long. I even started digging cat holes in advance in anticipation (laughs) for my next flea from my tent. Oh, no. 
To this day, I am surprised and thankful that I was able to get out of my sleeping bag, unzip my tent, and race to my spot without soiling myself. Every half hour, it was an emergency to rush out of my tent and run for it in the dark. I was camped only a few feet from my trail mates, and thankfully they claim they didn't hear anything the entire night. (laughs) They're nice friends. (laughs) I actually can't believe they slept through the whole mess. My stomach was still ruined the next morning, and I spent the first few miles ducking off trail to deal with my situation. I was so sick that when we got to our first water source, my trail mate gathered and filtered water for me while I went to the bathroom for the 20th time. When I came back to the creek, he had a liter of ice-cold water filtered and ready for me to chug in hopes to get some of my hydration back. Luckily, I recovered pretty quickly after getting a bunch of liquids and electrolytes in me, but it was not a great 12 hours. Needless to say, I got rid of my lentils after that, and to this day, I just can't eat anything that has beans while hiking. There you go. Wow. You met your bean person, and I feel like Jessica? I feel like Jessica... It's Jessica, right? It's Jessica. Yes, thank you, Jessica. I feel like Jessica's got a pretty valid reason for not wanting to eat beans on the trail. Well, I got a hot tip for you, Jessica. They sell beans pre-soaked <laughs> and pre-cooked in the can, and they're usually in the same aisle as barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but then you got to carry out the can. So you just bring cans of beans and you put them on the fire... You're gonna hike around with ten cans of. You're gonna you're gonna hike over a mountain with ten cans of beans in your in your backpack. Hey, when when they hiked up to the Klondike, they had like hundred pound backpacks on and shitty leather boots. I'm pretty sure they also ate candy with mercury in it back then. Yeah, people were tougher. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Jessica. That was great. That was really good. Yeah, that was fantastic. I I'm. <laughs> I'm shocked that she didn't get, like, dangerously dehydrated from that situation. I guess just because, like, you know, she was with her buds. But, like, holy, that's that can be dangerous. That's scary. I guess the one, the one good thing about it happening on a through hike is that a lot of hikers carry electrolytes with them. So at least you know you can kind of, like, hopefully grab some of those. What do you plug them into out on the trail, though? Womp womp. (laughs) All right. This is a recipe from Nicole. Another through hiker. Nicole says, on the PCT in the desert, one of my buddies bought instant no-bake cheesecake mix. What? I didn't even know that was a thing. Did you know about that? I have instant heard no of bake that. cheesecake mix. I've heard of that. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, instant no bake cheesecake mix, and we all packed out part of the package, and then after dinner he made us family dessert in a tin foil pie pan, and we ate it together. Uh, it is a cherished memory with my trail fam, though perhaps not so COVID conscious. I like the idea of family dessert on a tinfoil pie pan. It, like, family dessert is a description of the event, not a brand of dessert, right? Yeah, I think so. 
I think so. Okay, good, because I'm stealing that. I'm going to make a product called Family Dessert. Family Dessert? Yeah. It might... It might be a, a brand though, because the F and the D are, are capitalized. It might be, it's probably a US thing. Family dessert. A package, you know, no baked cheesecake. Where were they? Uh, sh- Nicole says on the PCT in the desert. So I'm, I'm guessing Southern California. Maybe it's family desert. Family desert. Family dessert. I feel like family dessert is just a style of dessert that's served in, that you all put your fork into or your spork for sure yeah that's great i'm gonna have to try that no baked cheesecake mix social loaf social loaf all right here we go it's the last one make some good make some good (coughs) oh that one's short but sweet from sheridan i like the name sheridan it's a nice name. Is it? It's not spelled. It's S H E R I D A N, right? Yeah. Sheridan. Sheridan. John Lee Hooker played a Epiphone Sheridan guitar. Ooh. Very classy guitar. Ooh. Okay, Sheridan. Uh, one time, I tried to do a meal where you wrap something in tin foil and leave it on the fire to cook, but I had gotten crappy dollar store tin foil, <laughs> so the whole thing ignited. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I love it. I love I love how <laughs> simple that is and like decently funny. It makes me think of um high school science class when your teacher ignites a piece of magnesium and it burns like white hot. Yeah. <laughs> white hot wieners <laughs> in tinfoil. <laughs> yeah. It just vaporizes. White hot potatoes. What would it be? Now I'm picturing like a mixture of all of these stories where somebody cooks the potatoes in the tin foil, and then the t- the potatoes get incinerated when the tin foil catches on fire, and then somebody scrubs the potatoes with a sponge that they use to clean the pit toilet, and then somebody else puts the potatoes in a soup with soupy with tough meat, <laughs> and then. Uh, and then there's some bannock in there and also beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode brought to you by Alcan tinfoil. Better than the competitors and <laughs> made in Canada. Fire retardant. They better Now they better sponsor us. So we should send them a clip from the episode. S- uh, straight up, though, I always buy Alcan. I love it. It looks. It's it, Canadian. Yeah, it looks like something from the 80s. I don't think they've updated their packaging in like 30, 40 Why years. Why would they? If it ain't broke. Tinfoil it. Tinfoil it. <laughs> well, thank you everybody who sent in uh, a funny story or a recipe who uh, who was who was very vulnerable with their poop secrets. <laughs> and isn't that a isn't that a isn't that a website and book, Poop Secret? Poop Secret? <laughs> it's gonna be. <laughs> TM 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 TM. Um, thank you for bearing it all and sharing your poop secrets with us and your favorite recipes, your bannock recipes and your no-bake family desserts and, uh, and all of that stuff. It was really fun to, to hear your stories and to tell your stories. And uh, yeah, thank you. I hope we can do it again. And thank you so much, Ian, for hanging out with me again, for being the unofficial co-host of Catch Me Outside and uh, reading all these stories with me. Well, we live in a loft, so I don't have much of a choice. 
good. It was a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. You thought we were done, didn't you? But we got a bonus submission from a uh, friend of the pod and former guest, Canis Lung. So here is Canis's recipe. So usually the first night of a camping trip, whether I'm car camping or going backcountry, the first meal will usually be a little heavier in weight. Um, so I'll usually splurge and have some fresh items for this first meal. Uh, and I really like to have a laksa, which is um, it's a Singaporean soup noodle dish um and it's got this like really pungent umami rich broth that is a little bit spicy it's got hints of lemongrass and curry and you can add uh, coconut milk to it you can make it as spicy or as mild as you want um and there's a lot of pastes that are on the market that you can either get a single serving pouches so that's really handy for a camping trip or you can scoop out some from a jar and if you're car camping you can use coconut milk from a can if you're going backcountry you can use coconut powder which is a great addition to every food bag um, and so you mix all that together and usually I'll pack in like a boiled egg, one per person. And then you add uh, like tofu puffs, which you can find at Asian grocery stores. Um, maybe some fish balls or a sliced uh, fish cake, like those Japanese style ones. Um, you could bring in broccoli, which is very sturdy and holds for a couple days. Or, you know, if you're car camping, I like to use bean sprouts, which are more authentic. Um, and there's other things you can add too, like uh, slices or strips of cucumber, um, shrimp, you know, uh, there's lots of different variations on laksa according to, you know, the Singaporean food tradition, but you can make a pretty sort of simplified, streamlined approximation of it using just those basic ingredients. And then, of course, you pack in um, your rice noodles as well, like the top... The, the kind that you might eat with the Vietnamese pho and those carry in really well and they cook really fast in your pot and that's basically it if you wanted you know slightly more calories in your noodles you could use um like wheat noodles instead or ramen you know there's lots of different ways you can switch it up depending what you like and that's it